Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge podcast. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, joined once again by Danny Morang. Danny, how's it going? I mean, we're going to keep it short and sweet because, uh, well, we got a guest. And as you, what is it you like to call him? Is it uh, Apple, Apple Valley's, Valley's Finest? Finest. I am hey. absolutely thrilled that we have joining us today, Gary Trent Jr. Listeners of the show will know that I have been on the Gary Trent Jr. bandwagon all year. I'm so excited to have you here, get to know you, uh, get to know a little bit more about like what you've been up to. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate y'all having me. So, happy to time. All right, real quick, before everybody out there, I was going to kind of wonder, what, what's going on behind you, Gary? Just just two goats, right? I wouldn't go that <laughs> just- <laughs> you know, A painting, you know, that somebody made for me when I first got to Portland. So just, I like to keep it up in the house. It's a nice painting. Have you been keeping up with The Last Dance? For sure. What... what Give me your 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 three three hot takes that you've picked up from that from the last dance. Michael Jordan is really good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have an opportunity. I never really had the opportunity to watch him throughout his whole career. You know, me being born in '99, he retired, so I, I know I wasn't really up on it. But the closest thing that I got to it was Kobe Bryant, so that's kind of you know how I got to it. But I'll say the biggest things I took from it was. He was a warrior, you know, he worked hard. The way he was able to self-motivate, you know, to create scenarios and stories in his head to give him the extra edge to win the game, to fight through, you know, just every little detail that he put into his game. So that was probably the biggest thing that I took away from it, to be honest with you. That's That part's been absolutely fascinating to me because I, like, personally, like, don't have a competitive bone in my body. So, like, I can't relate to that part of his, like, experience at all. But the story after story after story about him finding, like, the tiniest little things. Making up stuff. Like, he'll mm-hmm. make a story that's not even a story just to, you know, self-motivate. You know, that's what you have to do if you want to be on that comp- competitive, you know, type of wave. So, it's a – man – like I said, he was a great player. <laughs> we're we're going to touch on that one a little bit later because I got a, I got a couple little video clips from this past season that I want to mm-hmm. show you, want to pick your brain on real quick, um, mm-hmm. where, where it looks like you you may have had a, a slight or two in your head getting into some competition. So <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit that. Um, Tara is really interested in the the genesis of Apple Valley's finest. So I'm going to go ahead and let her take over <laughs> for a little while here. Right on. Let's get to it. Yeah, here comes the mom questions. <laughs> so yeah, no, I would love to know what it was like, you know, growing up in Apple Valley. I understand that there, you know, the the Jones brothers were there and you got to play with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad being on the Timberwolves, you probably spent a little bit of time maybe around the team. Just what was it like growing up there? Yeah, uh, growing up in Minnesota, it was great, you know. I met my best friend there and friends that I've still talk to forever. You know, I moved to Minnesota from Columbus, Ohio, when I was in fourth grade. And that's when I met Trey Jones. And then from there on, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, to continue on all the way to USA teams and 17U, 18U, we were teammates. So, you know, when I first moved there, it was great. You know, it just so happened that we were all in the same place. It was organic. Nothing was forced. We didn't move to Apple Valley because they had a future. We were too young to know anything what we could have been. So, you know, it helped us motivate one another. You know, everything I saw Tyus doing, 
I wanted to do. I wanted to make a USA team. I wanted to be the best player, you know, in my position, you know, one of the best players in the country, having a choice to choose, you know, whatever university I could, I could go to. And it was the same thing for Trey. So we all just motivated each other. You know, we pushed each other. We worked hard. I played with Tyus, you know, my freshman year of high school. He was a senior. So, you know, I had the chance to, you know, play with him and watch him grow from eighth grade to, you know, his career now. You know, I'm still playing against him to this day. So, you know, it's, it's surreal. It's crazy. Yes. Speaking of playing against him, I'm going to jump ahead to something at the very that I was going to bring up at the end. Um, when we asked for uh, on Twitter, we asked for questions and you have a couple of huge fans on Twitter who have very interesting uh, Twitter handles. So I'm half suspicious that they're like you or Anthony Simons <laughs> because I'm like, wait a minute. These seem like these are like very suspicious because they have like all the numbers at the end of them. Yeah. But full of great questions. And one sure. of the, uh, one of these, uh, uh, it was either Ollie or Abdi, those are their names, uh, uh, shared a video of you, which they said was probably your, like uh, your first, uh, points that you scored in the NBA against the Timberwolves. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones were sitting on the bench and they yeah. asked, what's the backstory there? Yeah. No, you know, they just talking a little trash, you know, Tyus. <laughs> Just giving me a hard time, you know, being a rookie. Whenever, you know, you come into the league, guys are always going to joke with you, you know, having to do rookie duties and, you know, that sort of thing. But it's all love when we see each other, you know. But on the court, we talk a lot of trash. <laughs> so when you're on the court and, like, I, I just always imagine that you have, like, you have to be, like, so focused. So is it, like, a thing for the bench players to, like, try to get in the heads of the people who are on the court to try to get you off your game? Whatever whatever edge you can get, you know, you go into it. Hey, once you step onto the court, like you said, it's competitive. We're trying to win. You know, we're all fighting for the same thing. So tempers get the flaring. So it's, it, could, it, could, it could say some pretty mean things to one another. <laughs> Tara likes to believe that only kind, nice, encouraging – and team-oriented things are said on the basketball court at any given time. So you're destroying her her very butterfly uh, no, 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 field vision. It should be like that for your teammates, but your opponents, you know. <laughs> your teammates, it should be all love, joy, great mm-hmm. basketball. But when you're, you know, we're competing for something. You are such a diplomat. This is amazing. <laughs> um, but you did get into Donovan Mitchell's head at one point. That 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 game at the end of the season was uh you know heartbreaking in the loss, but there was some really uh that was just an intense and exciting uh battle down down the court. Okay, I've already gotten all way off script. Going <laughs> uh let's see, going back to you know what it was like growing up. You uh you know, your dad, Gary Trent Sr. Mm-hmm. you know, basketball player, um, also was a player development coach, assistant coach for the Timberwolves. Did you get a chance to hang around with them much or any other NBA players that were friends of your father's? Yeah, you know, growing up, I met all type of players. You know, I met Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Uh, I have a picture. I think I was with Yao Ming, and he picked me up to take a picture, but I was so high, I was crying. <laughs> uh, I met Shaq. I met, you know, all types of players, but, you know, the people that I'll be the closest to right now will probably be Sam Cassell and uh, Kevin Garnett. You know, that was probably, you know, the most success my father has had with a team. So, you know, he was close with them. He's still close with them. You know, they're uncles to me. So that would probably be, you know, the closest that I have from that. But, you know, like you said, my dad was coaching. He was a player development coach for the Wolves. So I've seen, you know, 
Carl Anthony Towns rookie year. I've seen Zach Levine. I've seen Andrew Wiggins. You know, I've seen all their growth and development as they go to different teams. So, you know, from literally starting from scratch of coming into the league. So, you know, and the same for me, you know, when they see me now, they're, oh, hey, little GT or hey, Gary, oh, we remember you. So, you know, it's crazy. The thing that I'm taking from this is that you and Ant had some pretty legit uh, uncles slash godfathers you with KG and, and him with Penny. That's uh that's a pretty rare company, man. <laughs> In preparing for this, I, you know, read a lot of, you know, of old articles and things like that. I read uh, about you and your dad and your relationship, you know, uh, starting off as a, a player, very young, wanting to be in the NBA. Um, and he, man, man, he's just a great storyteller. And, I was wondering what ways you think that you're similar to your dad and are there ways that you think that you're different from him? Yeah, I could, I'm, you know, almost the solar opposite of my father <laughs> in a sense, you know, but he taught me a lot. That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's different besides different, but I don't know. What he taught me though, obviously work hard, you know, always believe in yourself, be yourself if you believe in something you know but other than that none, none too crazy no i don't know <laughs> you you have um uh younger brothers right yeah, yeah what's what's the fam what's your family like do you do you get to see them very much uh, i see them throughout the year whenever i can go to minneapolis you know my three little brothers garrison uh, grayson and Graydon. you know we all have g's so but my dad does the same thing you know he was doing with me he, he's training with them being their tutor, helping them in class and school and everything. So the same way he raised me, the same workouts, you know, they're doing. So he sends me videos and I see it and, you know, you see the progress. They're getting better by the week, by the month. So yeah, it's fun to watch the development. Here's here's the first development question for you I got. You know? When was the moment when your jumper surpassed your dad's? I know you know when it happened. <laughs> I'll say around middle school, probably. Um, eighth grade. Seventh grade, I really say he could not shoot with me anymore. Yeah, that was that was when it clicked. Yeah. And I, I I was going through because I'm I'm interested in, in development and especially guys like first four years in the league. Yeah. Your shot from the earliest film that I found until now has had probably the least amount of changes I've ever seen from from an NBA player in their in their early parts of their career. Was that something that you really worked on, like honing in those mechanics at a really young age? Or was that, did it, did your jump shot kind of come as a, a natural thing? As like, you know, just a kind of more of a natural movement that you just felt worked for you? Just repetition, you know, after jumper, jumper, jumper for years, something has to click, something has to give, you know, there's no way I could do something where I'm shooting a thousand makes uh, a day to, you know, 800 to 1,000 mates, and I don't, you know, I'm not able to shoot. So really just the work, you know, my dad told me, if you put the time in, it will pay off, you know, literally. And I believe that, and I've been, you know, living by that and doing that ever since. You know, I, I tried that same thing. It didn't work for me. It's still broke. It's still broke, man. Man, don't give up. Keep trying. It's got to click one. One year is going to click for you. <laughs> I'm running out of years, man. Running out of years. You look young, man. You good. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll be the oldest. I'll be the oldest dude on the team right now. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> me, me, you know, nothing wrong with a little vet savvy. Yeah, I'll, 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 lay, I'll lay across the bench, Cayman style. Exactly. <laughs> water, you feel me? <laughs> Whatever you can help us win. <laughs> 
He can do all that talking from the bench. I got six fouls. That's what I got. (laughs) I got six fouls. (laughs) How have you been uh, the last couple of months? What have you, have you been in Portland? How have you been uh, staying active and how have you been? Uh, I have not left Portland, you know, right when they told us, you know, they shut down the practice gym. So we weren't able to get any work. I did everything that I could at home to make sure I stayed in shape, make sure I stayed ready. You know, the team did a phenomenal job of doing that. They brought us, you know, medicine balls and weights and bikes and anything that you need, you know, so you can stay in shape. We were also having virtual, you know, Zoom workouts where we were, you know, doing Coach Kenyon, right? Uh, Yep. Doing sit-ups and jumping jacks and all types of things. So, you know, the organization did a great job, you know, to keep us in shape. But now that we're finally, you know, to get back into the gym with optional workouts, you know, I'm I was all in. As soon as we got the opportunity, I'm back to it. Are you one of the guys with or without a hoop at your house? I don't have a hoop at my house. <sighs> you know, you know who made money during all this? These companies that 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 manufacture the uh, the home basketball hoops. Oh uh, yeah, they, they they just been you know I've I've heard stories of, of obviously Jimmy Butler and a couple other guys that are you know sending them out to teammates. Yeah, no, nah, nah, nah. you. you you got to hit up Dane for that. That's, 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 Dane's got the pocketbooks for that one, right? <laughs> or maybe kids down the street. Maybe <laughs> any, anybody down the street have a basketball hoop you could use? I just try to stay as game ready as I can. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I just stay ready. You know, so working. All right. Speaking of, practice facility opened back up. When you walked back in, was that kind of like first day at school kind of feeling? Yeah, super excited, you know, just ready to work. You know, you told something, you can't do it, and you want to do it. You love doing it. You're anxious to get back. You know, sometimes um, I skip a set or something because I'm so quick to, you know, trying to get to the next workout because I'm just trying to put the work in because it's, it's been, you know, but it's it's a great thing. I work. <laughs> Speaking of putting the work in, like, we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit because I know this is what a lot of people want to hear you discuss. Uh-huh. You were coming into this season from, for, you know, uh, outsiders, you were a fringe rotation player. That was the, that was the belief, right? You would contribute and you know, you're still early in your career, but okay. T- Tara believed it. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the, I, I've, I've said that you will be a, a career player that will play at least a decade in the NBA. So you, you've got some supporters here, but with the way the roster is structured and with everybody healthy, you had to kind of wait your turn. That's just the, how the NBA works. Sure. But because of injury, because of how things went out, you were put in a role that typically young players in Portland are not put into. Some guys have done well in that. Some guys have struggled. Some guys have had up and downs. You seem to work your way into something specifically late, mid-December and on. One thing we always hear from athletes is something clicked. The game slowed down. This, that, there's always that little moment. What was it coming into the season? You talk about the work. What specific work have you put in to slow the game down, specifically on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, you know, just trying to separate myself in any way I can to give myself an edge. I put in countless hours of work on obviously everything, you know, you've seen on the floor. But like you said, you know, just try to separate myself. You know, for example, I asked, you know, our media guy, Ken, I get a video from all my defensive possessions, you know, from this year. So I can really hone in on that and watch the film and see, okay, in this situation, I should have helped, you know, I should have helped this man right here, or I could have had help right there. 
just so I can get a better understanding of the game, you know, become a better player. You know, a goal of mine is to potentially be a defensive, you know, player of the year, uh, defensive first team, second team, third team. That is honestly something I want to accomplish, you know, and try to do. So I got to do everything I can to, you know, hopefully I can do that one day. That's actually a perfect transition for me because I, uh, Kelly Iko, the, the Athletic, interviewed Robert Covington and had an article come out today who talked about how he utilizes his length. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the most explosive speed, but it's about understanding his matchups, understanding where he needs to be and what he needs to be. And what you were talking about earlier, I'm going to do that whole share screen thing. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's actually going to work. Right. Uh, well, we're going to give it a shot here. Sure. This is exciting. Modern hey. technology. Hey, look at that. Look Ooh, at this working. guy. All right. So one of the things that when I was watching some of your defensive possessions here going right. back and when you were generating steals, you're operating above the free throw line. It's on one as a guard. You're picking up a lot of uh, primary ball handlers. But where you find yourself and where I found you generating turnovers is, again, you're playing tight on Booker here, showing him inside – that free throw line and down is where you seem to have the most, excuse me, free throw line up and over and over again, playing in pick and roll coverage, playing underneath here, yeah. getting out in transition. So if you go back to the Devin book, I can run through it all for you. Perfect. Yeah. So for example, he, he pause it. Or? Yep. Pause when you get to the top of the key. So, for example, you know, Devin Booker, the biggest thing also about defense is knowing your tendencies. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have to know who you're guarding. So Devin Booker, being a prolific scorer he is, you know, I know he's going to either try to go to his left hand to get to the rim or he's going to either stop. You know, he could step back at the elbow. You know, he has an array of moves. So the thing I really want him to do in this situation is I'm trying to give him a little bit of space because I know whatever mood he's going to lead into, I'm going to try to beat him to the spot. Mm-hmm. So I stay with him. I see what a move, you know, I'm just watching every way he's moving until, you know, I just try to stay in front of him, you know, my tendencies, you know, different drills you can do, defensive slide drills, you know, but it's really just biggest thing I really found out the defense end was just effort, literally effort. You know, if you get hit by a screen, don't give up, keep sprinting through. It's the little things, you know, that can separate you. So, and that's what I really tried to hone in on, you know, on the defensive end and seeing through, you know, film, you know. So, you go to the next slide, I can break it down. Through. Perfect. But yeah, you know, so just trying to, you know, stand in front of him and then... A little flex there at the end for you. <laughs> yeah, try to get... <laughs> Being excited, have some energy. This is a play that I really like from you because, again, you're talking about that, that ability to, to, to fight over the screen, how to recover, when to recover. And, again, you're making plays around that free throw line extended at the nail, coming back to it. And let me go ahead and drop the volume out of that. There we go. Here, you, you, you go for that backside swipe, and you, you feel him kind of reset and go back down that outside. And instead of chasing you and Wenyan here, this, this is a little bit of, of what I think is a, a little bit of a different coverage than I've seen from you guys in the past. Yeah, I'll explain that too. But yeah, yeah I'll, I'll run it back here from the beginning. Yeah, I got you. So like I said, you always need to know who you're guarding. So I'm guarding Javon Carter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's most likely not going to come off that screen and shoot the three right away. And I know that, you know, just by watching film and knowing mm-hmm. what he's So instead of I just try to worry him over because I know he's going to come over, but he cut back. You know, he's quick, he's fast. And once I've seen that, you know, Winion helped me out a lot because, you know, when you're on a defense, it's not just you. Winion helped. So he cut back. Winion had to help me to take my man. So therefore, I have to have Winion's back and get the steal and be ready once if he passes it. And then from there, it's just, you know, attack and try to get a basket, you know, make a play. 
And, and real quick on that, there was a trend that I noticed from you closing out the last probably 20 games of the season where your transition opportunities, the, 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 the turnovers you created led to more fast break opportunities than anybody else on the team. Is that something that you were like, Hey, this is an opportunity. I know we're not a transition team. We're not a fast break team that, you know, that you really worked on. Or was that just kind of a, it just kind of matured that way. I never, I never really thought of it that way. No, I really just, you know, when I get in the game, any way I can affect the game, whether it's knocking down a shot or getting a defensive stop, a big rebound, you know, I'm willing and wanting to do that. So Anytime you see Gary checking the game, you know he's going to go play hard and he's going to do whatever he can to help his team win. All right, we're, we're going to get the same game here. This is what I, I started to notice. Again, your confidence building. You started, as you notice, this, this is the same game, obviously, a little bit later in the game, but you're, you're, you're having a good game here. Now, I, I know that you guys ended up dropping this one. But you personally, you were having a game. You were affecting things on both sides of the ball. And as that game wore in, you started extending your defense out 30, 35. And here, look at you. You, you, you pick it up at, at 37, 38? Is that something that as the game gets in, you start feeling yourself kind of work into the game and impacting the game where you just want to do, just push it up another gear, another gear, another gear? Yeah, for sure. You know, whenever, you know, obviously you see the score. So mm -hmm. at this time, you know, we obviously could – you know, obviously we didn't have the energy or whatever. So I'm trying to, you know, spark energy, whether that's what a defensive stop. All right, let's keep going from here on out. Anything I can, you know, to affect the game, to help the team, you know, I'm willing to do. But if, you know, knowing your personnel, you know, knowing if the player you're guarding is, is, is strong with the ball, or do they have a handle, you know, depending on the player, you know, if that's Westbrook, you know, I don't know if I would go out 40 feet, you know, to pick him up or 35 feet. You know, it all depends on, you know, who you're guarding. So that's why you have to know your players and your tendencies and stuff like that. I mean, are you, are you going in the media after this? Because these transitions are nailing because I'm about ready to go into a Westbrook clip right here. <laughs> you, you, you're killing it. And the mm. reason I, I wanted to bring this one up is because this was you guys doing something you had never done. Mm -hmm. This was taking the ball out of James Harden and say, you're going to play four on five basketball and we're going to do something about it every single time. And this, I know Tara is going to love this play because she loves pointing. She loves communication. It is one of, one of her favorite things. And in order to pick up James Harden at 40 plus feet, which you spent a ton of time, you and Trevor riding James the entire game. Yeah. But this is the kind of impact where you pick up here, you get the double, but you dig down here on Russ and can you just kind of walk me through everything that's happening here? Because I think everybody sees a play like this and they see Gary Trent Jr. getting a steal. Not yeah. necessarily the work that goes in early in the possession. Well, yeah, you know, our, our coaching staff, first off, does a terrific job in, you know, preparing us and prepping us for the game. So going into this, you know, the biggest thing was if we're going to, you know, get it out of one man's hands, you know, we all have to rely and help one another, you know, that nobody is out there by themselves. Nobody can be on the island, you know, just, you know, be play team defense. And, you know, that was my job, my assignment, you know, and I just made a play on the ball. So, but. So, you, so you, you and I believe Trevor up top here and mm -hmm. then Dame, CJ, Mello, triangle below. No, I'm triangle. I'm, I'm below. Oh, you're, you're sorry. It's Nas. It's up top. Yep. And here you get that little dig again, that free throw line area dropping down. Is that where 
defensively you you find yourself most comfortable making plays or is that just circumstance because of the position that you play it could just be circumstance you know it's a position I play but you know it's a like I said it's effort the little things you know when if you wrote a clip when Westbrook got the ball in the middle I could have I could have gave up and said oh okay Westbrook go ahead you have a layup you're one-on-one you know with CJ but I didn't give up I wanted to help CJ make sure he was good and you know I was there for him Oh, go ahead, I was going to oh. say, one of the things that we've talked about, uh, Dan and I, you know, we've been watching this this team for years. We've been, you know, especially talking about the team together for several years, all during the Stotts tenure. And there's always kind of a rhythm to the way that the team comes together, especially mm-hmm. like after there's been like a rebuild or just like, you know, a big turnover in personnel. And then there'll be a year or two where everybody's, you know, getting used to playing together, getting used to how the team plays together. Um, When I'm watching this and watching you talk about it, how excited are you to go back next year after you've had a chance to play together with all these guys uh, to, to make it all, uh, you know, to to try it again next year. And like, what are you looking forward to, um, you know, when it comes to like just the experience that you've built? Yeah. Just, you know, if you have a little bit of success, you see, you know, you're getting a little bit of playing time, how good it's going for you. You're, you're gelling with the guys, you know, you, it's everything you work for. So you're going to continue to make sure you can never lose that, you know, to make sure that you're never out of the rotation. You want to make sure you can always continue to work to prove yourself. And, you know, it's motivating, you know, it's exciting. And man, I cannot wait, you know, I mean, it was, it seemed really challenging this year just because of, you know, injuries and different people being in the lineups and trades, different people being added, not a lot of, of continuity. Like, how do you like, mentally prepare I mean I guess you just have to be ready for anything um but is there anything else that you can you know do to get ready when you're not sure how many minutes you're gonna get or yeah exactly you know never knowing you know how any given night you could play 20 minutes you could play the whole game or you couldn't play at all you know no matter what if you continue to work and stay ready you'll never have to get ready if you're always mentally prepared you're always mentally, you know, working on your game. If you're always physically actually working on your game, you know, there should be nothing you should be worried about. When the lights come on and you get thrown in there, whether it's 30 minutes, zero minutes, you need to make sure you're ready. You know, that's the definition of being a pro. If you're not ready, then you're not a pro. I like that. I got one more clip for you here. Mm-hmm. Again, from the same game. Just the one thing that I've noticed here, and it, 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 the reason I wanted to show that clip is, again, what happens at the end of this play? You force a turnover mm-hmm. and it turns into points again and again and again. And as I went back and looked at it, your transition numbers post new year were the best on the team. I, <laughs> I was like, this is becoming, well and I, I started getting to him. I was like, Gary's transition opportunities at four generated off steals. Like on a per possession basis, again, it's your smaller sample size as you started yeah. getting more minutes, but it started growing and growing and growing. And I was so that, that that was just something that just kind of popped up, huh? Yeah, I guess I just you know whenever I'm thrown out there, you know, being ready. And like I said, you know, our coaching staff does a great job of preparing us and challenging us. And you know, they challenged me on the defensive end to be better. You know, I made a big jump from my rookie year to what I'm doing now. You know, but after a year of guarding a CJ in practice, guarding a Dame Lillard, 
that can't do anything but make you a better defender. It can't. It, like, it, there's no way. Whether you're stopping them or you're not stopping them, you're still seeing moves that you've never seen before, still moves that you need to guard. So it's to your development, and it's great. It's good to work. Good so to work. The, continue on the development curve. The first time you and I talked was at Hoop Summit a couple of years ago. Okay. And you said the, the one thing that you were – not worried about, but that you, the thing that you knew you needed to focus on was your lateral quickness and your defensive ability. When you sat down over the last couple of years and you're talking about putting that work in, who were the guys in the league that you sit down and watch? Like, are you sitting there watching the Tony Allens, the Pat Beverly's? Like, who were the guys when you're like, I know, I know everybody's their own man, but you're still pulling things from everybody. You're still looking at, at guys from the past. When you sit down and watch tape, who are the guys that you watch? So I watch, you know, I look up Pat Bev highlights before I watch Pat Bev play. But, you know, I've always watched two-way players and been a fan of two-way players growing up. You know, a, a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, who's made countless defensive teams, you know. So a Kawhi Leonard, you know, I'm a fan of Kawhi Leonard's game, you know. So just being able to, you know, separate yourself from being a two-way player, being able to fan, being able to score, it's just something I always, you know, wanted to do and always been a fan of and always wanted to try to model my game after. So anything I could do to do that, to be ready for, you know, to be on a defensive end, like you said, you know, I knew I had to work on it and I knew it was something that I had to work out. And I put the time in, I put the effort in, you know, coming into the NBA, I know, I knew, you know, you're not going to play a lot if you can't defend. You're not going to play at all if you can't defend. So you got to defend. <laughs> Now, the one thing I've heard from everybody I've ever talked to as they've gone through their career, there's always been one guy. There's always, there's always one that you can point to. Who is that one coach, that one mentor, that one person who has impacted you the most so far in the NBA? This answer would have to be close to home, you know, my, my dad. Mm -hmm. Literally, you know, everything that I'm hearing, you know, from coaches or players now, my dad has been telling me since we started, you know, he played in the league nine years, you know, he knows the ins and outs, the ins and outs, he knows, you know, how to be a successful player, you know, how to stay in the league past, you know, eight, seven years. So he gave me the blueprint. <laughs> you got to get it to 10 years, Gary. Otherwise, I'm not going to hear the end of it. <laughs> for like six straight weeks i was like how about gary trent how about gary trent and dan would be like yep he's gonna have a nice nba career and i'm like i need more specifics exactly how long and so we worked up to him saying okay he's gonna have a decade so when you were drafted we had you know the draft panel on nbc sports and we talked about you and aunt and when they came to me they said hey what do you think about gary my response was, I know he can shoot. I know he'll work at bare minimum. He's going to be a guy that sticks in the league. And that's where I went with, uh, I think he'll be a guy that sticks around in the league, bare minimum 10 years, just on his regular skill set. And I, mm -hmm. I watched that clip back one time. And I think I just started referring to it over and over and over. Yeah. I'm just going to start calling you like Mr. Decade. And then we're just going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> 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 we'll write that down. We'll workshop that one for a while too. We 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 do have name name uh, nickname questions coming up. Yes, um, but but I would love to dial it back just or go back just yeah, a no, little bit. That, that's 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 the heavy development stuff out of the way. All right, cool. Did you get them all in, Dan? Oh yeah, that we was got like them all fast. In. I could watch you two going over 
clips forever. That was fa- <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but so uh, my que- my next question is uh, on draft night when you found out you were coming to Portland. What were your thoughts? I wanted to get to Portland as fast as I could to you know get a part of the team, get a feel for the organization, you know, and just to show them you know what I could do, you know see me on a daily basis, see how I work on a daily basis, you know, figure out who I am as a person. You know, I was I was ready to get out to Portland, you know, as fast as I could. And, you know, when I got out of here, it was great. You know, I started working out, you know, looking around at places, exploring Portland, you know, seeing different type of, you know, places. So it, it was cool, you know. I drove all over Portland trying to find somewhere to stay, so. <laughs> Who were who were some of the first players that you interacted with, or you know who's who you remember hanging out with or getting to know? Yeah, yeah. Biggie, uh, Caleb Swanigan, oh. Wade Baldwin, you know Evan Turner. You know, I kind of I knew Evan a little bit being from you know Columbus, Ohio. I met him actually as a pitcher. I was a young kid. He was uh, I was about nine years old or, or ten years old, and he was with Philly at the time. And I got a picture with him, you know, right as we ran out of the locker room. I'm a big Ohio State fan, being from Columbus, Ohio. So Evan Turner, when I saw him, I had to get a picture, you know, and, you know, always staying in touch. You know, he knew my dad, who was from Columbus, Ohio, who played in the NBA. So he reached out to me, you know, took me under his wing when I first got out, you know, to Portland. Made sure, you know, uh, I looked clean. He put me in a couple suits, you know. He bought me my first little chain, so my little diamond chain. So he showed me, he showed me a lot of love. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so cute. Real quick, I, I thought I had heard now Evan laced up you and and somebody else, right? With with suits? Yeah. Me and Ann was the only rookies. Was it was it just you two? I I thought yeah. Oh, that's right. It was so he got I heard a story about he took you two to get your first NBA suits, right? Uh, suits and chain. Shout out to CJ. CJ got me a couple suits too. Can't forget CJ. You know, he, he threw me some suits too. Okay. See, this again, Gary, you're you're killing the transition game because um, Tara has some some fashion questions for you. Okay. <laughs> you get to break down tape with him. I get to ask him about his walk up outfits. Hey, those, <laughs> they matter. They matter. Well, no. I just, I've noticed that you're one of the players who really shows up on the, you know, on the walk-up. You seem like you really enjoy, uh, you know, looking really nice. I'm wondering if fashion is an interest to you or do you just happen to have like, you know, really good supportive stylists and guys like Evan Turner putting you in really good looking suits? Oh, no, 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 no stylist. This is, this is all <laughs> off the mental. Uh, Okay. I go into my closet, you know, I'll pick it, try to put colors together, try to make it match. If not match, as long as it looks good. So no one's laying this out for you. This this is this is all GTJ originals. Oh no, this is all for me. Okay. No stylish, no. Oh, fascinating. Well, I know, so I know Chief was uh, was also, uh, he had some really nice stylists and his wife, or, you know, style himself. His oh, wife, perfect. like, has amazing, you know, style. Yeah. Um, you know, you have, do you have any, you know, uh, style icons in the NBA or is this just all Gary Trent original? No, you know, I would lie if I know, say I didn't see different types of styles and what people was wearing, you know, obviously, but do I copy it? No. So let's clear the air on that. But, you know, <laughs> that's people that you could say that had good fashion, you know, Westbrook, Michael Jordan, you know, he had the retro, retro swag, uh, Couple swaggy players. I got swag offside of court. We got Carmelo on the team now. Carmelo just as nice, you know. D'Angelo Russell just as nice. 
Dame just as nice, you know. He's just dripping designer. So you, you gonna you gonna sport the uh, best no undershirt anytime soon, or is that is that a Dame one off special? Say that again. Are you you gonna go the uh, vest with no undershirt like Dame did in L.A., or is that a, is that a Dame one off special? Ah, that's a that's a Dame special. I'm gonna leave that for Dame. That ain't for me. <laughs> Nobody else can do that one. I think that's a he's got a he's got a lock on that one. Let's see what else were. Did Dan? Did you have? Are you ready to transition to something else? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've got our listener questions we can get to, and my my phone is acting just oh, okay spectacular right now as I try to pull up the list. And we're so. going. Oh, and we're going. I could piggyback on the fashion too. Mm. As the years progress, it's only going to get better. <gasps> oh, okay. Oh. So we look. We got something to look forward to. Yeah, give you something to look forward to. I mean, your your first couple of years in the league, you did have some fashion veterans to lead the way for you. I mean, ET's clean. I mean, that's wild but clean. Exactly. And Nurk's a young buck, but Nurk Nurk's not out there slacking. I mean, he makes statements like he does. Like his suits be his suits be different. His suits are different. Each one tells a story, like. For sure, it's, it has a lot going on. They're nice, though. They're nice. Like, is that is that where you're headed? This because you said every year is going to get better. So now that's what I'm going to be looking for. Storytelling ensembles. Just just tune in. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Well, what have you been wearing during quarantine? I mean, I put on an actual outfit today. I don't have it on anymore. It only lasted like yeah. a few hours. But like, what do you? What's your style for quarantine? Quarantine. I'm sweats. Team workout gear special. That's it. <laughs> I'm wearing jeans right now. I don't want to brag or anything, but oh, no. <laughs> I accidentally shaved. Like I was trying to trim my beard and I, my, 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 my setting clicked down. I'm like, no. so now my, my whole, my whole quarantine beard is gone. I was like, uh, so I gave up and just, I took, I took it all off. Oh, no, you clean, you good, you fresh for the. I, it wasn't on purpose. I can tell you that. It just, I, I literally stumbled into. It. I was like, oh, I'll just kind of trim the beard. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I, I am curious, Gary. Do you have any like creative outlets, like music or art or reading or anything that you like to do, just to, like to kind of calm your mind or anything like that? Big into video games. I love video games. If I'm not in the gym, you know. Or, Hanging with friends or family, I'm on the couch playing video games. I love video games. Okay, we, we need to settle something here. <laughs> you were her son, 2K. Who wins? Because Hassan did not do himself any favors. That's that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know, I thought he was going to represent, you know, it was the settings, you know, it was all pro, it wasn't, you know, uh, Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. So he's used to playing on Hall of Fame, but, you know, I, I'm the better 2K player. Okay. Now I got to ask you this. When you play 2K, do, does Gary Trent Jr. make the starting lineup? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> rating, my rating is too low. I can't do it. Hey, I, it's way it's too good, It's going to go way up. It, you did get your little bump before on the last update patch. I did see that. Okay. But yeah. I, ha- I have to ask you this because I, I have to ask every player who plays mm-hmm. did they get your jumper right? Oh no! It's no, it's not. It's the release is different. It's so strong. But don't get me wrong. They have another mode. It's called uh, My Player, where it's actually you, your body, your. Oh yeah, face. no. Listen, yeah, but you, you can put you any went, body. You can put any type of body or anything you mm-hmm. want. So, yeah. But, so so you went in. and You got that jumper right. Oh, got the jumper right. Okay. The player can do 
between the leg, 360 windmills on players. It's crazy. Video games are crazy. <laughs> we'll talk afterwards. If we're on the same network, we might, we might have to run a little bit. You play? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You play? Oh, then we got no, no, no. PlayStation? Xbox. Oh, we can't play. Okay, so I don't know anything. Does that mean you guys actually can't play together because you're on different systems? Yes, in that instance, like more and more systems are moving across platform. So, I hope so. Uh, you know, the next generation is going to be that way. Yeah. But no, I, I'm old, but I'm still nice on the sticks. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. We might, to, okay? we might have to test that out one day. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand on that gimpy little PlayStation controller. Okay. And, and uh, my, I can still green bean them. Don't, don't get it twisted. You see? <laughs> everybody can say what they're going to do until you actually put the controller in their hand. <laughs> Listen, man, I still – I don't, especially somebody like you, an NBA player who's definitely got bigger hands than me, I don't know how you guys handle PlayStation controllers. I just – Yeah. There's a lot of NBA players that's terrible at 2K, though. I can believe it. Uh, I, I, you know, we'll, I'll save this one for offline. I ran into one uh, in the in the, pro, in the pro-am who was not oh, – Okay. Who was riding the struggle bus. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that one. All right. All right we got to get to one thing before we get to our listener questions, and we kind of hinted at it earlier. Nicknames. I'm terrible at them. So <laughs> do you have any Gary Trent Jr. approved nicknames? I've heard, you know, a few, whether it's from my teammates saying it, calling me, you know, the little pit bull or, you know, I hear, I see the names on Twitter. I've never seen the fish one though that you said, but I haven't. I'll, I'll, send, you, I'll send you the tweet. That way you can laugh at it. Yeah, please do. But no, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen one. If y'all have any suggestions, please let me know. If y'all see any, please let me know. <laughs> well, so, I, so you're open for business? For sure. I'm okay. Nickname, go ahead. You know, you can't make your own nickname, so you know. Thank you. Can't make Thank your own, you. Can't make your own nickname. So whatever people suggest, you know, that's what they'll call me. My problem is I always make them way too complicated, and nobody can ever spell them. Like I had an excellent nickname last year for Scala VCA. Super scalafragilistic expialidocious. I mean, it rolls <laughs> off your tongue. That's a lot, though. But it's impossible to put in a hashtag yeah. because, like, you can't even see the whole word when you're yeah. tweeting it on yeah. your phone. Yeah. And then I, I, I pushed hard for the hashtag, I mean, New Appreciation Society, which, once again, is beautiful, but yeah. way too long. So, of course, the yeah. Minu Hive took over, and I had, like, no, no hope. Yeah. But, I mean, for you so far, I've come up with Apple Valley's finest. It's a little bit shorter than my other ones, but it's, it's still, still a little it's still bit. There's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm really curious about the Just Be Great and, yeah. like, where that came from and if anybody's ever tried to – or like, if you've ever heard anybody call you anything, you know, associated with that. Uh, I heard some people, you know, as in passing will, will, will yell it or say it, but, you know – We could just call you of, great. <laughs> that would be nice but you know I just I started that actually I've been saying that since high school you know I was you know how LeBron has strive for greatness you know everybody has their own saying and I just was thinking one day and that's what I came up with and you know I believed in it and been running with it ever since so so we, we this, is, this is a call to action for everybody out there. We need a Gary Trent Jr. approved nickname. And it's got some lofty standards to live up to because the Trent name has one of the best nicknames in college basketball in Shaq and the Mac. For sure. So you, it, it's got 
Listen, it's hard to beat Shaq and the Mac. That's <laughs> that's that is a but it, we, we got to be in shooting range, okay? Mm-hmm. So everybody listening out there, when we get in this in the comments, make sure you get in your Gary Train Jr. nickname and and don't come with the weak stuff like I did, okay? <laughs> you know what? You tried. I mean, it's like you got to put some stuff out there. Like Listen, Bill you got to throw in your face. Gotta throw some names out there. You know, mm-hmm. had a lot before he came up with Rip City, right? You know, he had to try some different things, and, and that's how it goes. And actually, Gary is a really fun name to yell from the stands. So, like, if you ever hear some lady screaming from the 300 levels, that's probably me going, Gary! Because it's actually a really easy name to yell. Yeah, it's um, you know, so maybe maybe we're just trying to impose a nickname on you and you don't even really think you need one. I'm open to okay. any nickname, you know, if it's cool. And, you know, I, I was just, you know, you said Apple Valley's finest, but as of right now, Tyus has had more success in the league and has been in the league longer. So you got to, you can't recognize it, Valley, okay? Am I really the finest Apple Valley yet? So I don't know about that name. It was a good idea, but, you know, I don't know. That's, I respect well, that. You, you, that's, that's something I can give up to actually, you know, mean behind my name. Like, just, well, I've I've heard that he's been known as the mayor of Apple Valley. It's everything in Apple Valley. He's <laughs> Apple Valley. Got the key to the city. There. He's the, you know, he, he he's a he's a great player from Apple Valley. He's you know he's Apple Valley. Is there like another name for Apple Valley, or is there like is Apple Valley like an area, or is it actually a town? It's a, a suburb in about 20 minutes from downtown Minneapolis. But the name of the town is Apple Valley? Oh, yeah, it's literally Apple Valley. Okay, it's little. It, it's Apple it's Minneapolis's Lake Oswego. <laughs> well, let's go to, to uh, some listener questions, and we'll just all sit here and ruminate. And at some point, Kevin Calabro is going to going to say something off the cuff and it's just going to like catch like fire and i can't wait to find out what it is uh but for now we do have some questions again we have these uh these two twitter fans uh who just had a ton they were they came in just hard with some really great and they're kind of specific to uh the area they grew up in very oddly specific (laughs) uh so a few of them from ollie first uh was gary at tyus jones's draft party (laughs) (laughs) see i'm saying oddly specific uh yes i was at uh tyus jones draft party he had (laughs) it uh at a restaurant in downtown minneapolis you know it was great to see that to be a part of that to go through the process you know of them calling each name down you know his family holding him and just waiting for his opportunity and when it came, you know, it was nothing but excitement and love. You know, we were excited. You know, he finally had made it in a sense. You know, it's all the hard work he put in. He was chasing his dream. He was accomplishing it, you know, by the checklist. So it was it was a great thing. But, yes, I was I was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the follow-up question is, what would it be like to play with Trey Jones in the NBA, your teammate since middle school? I could play with Trey Jones in the NBA. It would be even more crazy and more surreal, you know. Growing up, he's always been one of the best point guards I've ever played with. So, you know, I would I would have no problem with it. But, you know, that would be cool. That would be that'd be crazy if that could happen. <laughs> there, there's one one question here from listeners we have to get to. And I think this one's actually gonna be difficult for you. And this is from uh let me double check it. At D Schmizzy, Dev Bands. You you you're 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 from your handle? Huh? 
That's the Twitter hand? Yep. Oh, okay. So you're familiar with start bench cut. Okay. Kobe, MJ, Braun. <laughs> so cut. So you're saying I either have to cut Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe. Uh-huh. And you got to start one, you got to bench the other. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I said, this one I figured was going to be because uh, you, you're looking at probably a guy, Kobe, who you, you probably grew up being that dude for you. And then the GOAT, and then arguably the second best of all time. So what, what's going to take over here? In Ohio, I was watching LeBron, too, so it's kind of – That's know. what I mean. Um, so – All right, this album – You got to draw the line somewhere. You yeah, I have to. We're, we're going to start Kobe. Yeah, I just – it's my personal favorite. Okay, okay. I'm a bench. <laughs> <laughs> I know just the idea of even saying the words that is terrifying. I got it. I'm a bench Jordan because we're going to use him on the bench for all his old wisdom. Okay. Okay. There you go. He might have. So he could give us an edge. And then I just Mm -hmm. have to cut LeBron, but I don't want to, but I have to. (laughs) But you're going to revisit that in the offseason and pick him up off waivers. Yeah. I don't know. That's too tough. That's almost impossible. I saw that one. And I was like, I mean, it's easy for me, but I'm an older dude. So yeah. Like the funny thing is, I'm, I'm from LA, and I couldn't, I couldn't hate the Lakers more. Yeah. Like it just. Yeah. Nope. Easy for me. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> He's funny. We got another one from this one's from Spokeland at. Brutal telling. Um, what is the most valuable lesson you gained from playing alongside Mellow? Mm. And part one of the things that, I'll add a little bit of context to that. One of the things that we've sort of wondered all along throughout the year is what it must be like for you guys who are younger playing with somebody who'd been in the league so long and you know, just like, what was that like uh, making room for him, you know, as like a new player on the team and also him being mellow. <laughs> that, that's what I was about to say. It's deeper than that. He, he's Carmelo Anthony, you know, not just being his teammate. I grew up being a fan of Carmelo Anthony, watching Carmelo Anthony, you know, he was playing against Kobe Bryant in the playoffs. I was watching the whole series. I was watching, you know, game one when he had 41 in Staples. So to see, to see it actually surreal in real life, you know, watching how he works during the practices, how he's communicating, how he's leading, how he's telling you to pick it up if you're if you're slacking, you know, it really shows who he is, why he is who he is, you know. He's, he's Carmelo. So when he first got to the team, the whole team was shocked in the locker room, like, Melo is really right there. Melo is right there. And like, we were all saying it, though, especially the young guys. So... It was it was crazy, you know, and I'm glad he's on our team. You know, being able to be around him, soak up his knowledge, having team dinners with him, being able to hear stories that he's told from, you know, him in high school to playing against LeBron James at, you know, camps and everything. So it's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to take a little note from that. Who's a better storyteller, Carmelo Anthony or Kevin Garnett? Because I look right now, and those are probably two of the best storytellers I can think of in the league. I would say Kevin Garnett is 
you know, they're equally as great storytellers, but the animation and everything that goes into it, Kevin Garnett, you know, KG, he does a lot. So it's uh, it's extra, you know, his comes with theatrics and hand movements and stuff. The bug eye just <laughs> that JR Ryder story that went viral is still one of the funniest, like most basic, simple things I've ever heard. But I've also heard from a lot of people. An, an example of this is Melo telling the story of how he almost drowned and LeBron saved him. And just the, the, the storytelling, uh, the, the, the wise sageness of Melo versus the, um, the theatrics of Kevin Garnett. Exactly. Both. Storytellers, it's like you at a campfire. You just sit there and listen. <laughs> Do you ever think about the fact that, like, your dad played against Melo and LeBron? <laughs> I think that's fascinating. You know, they tell me the interactions that they had with my father, whether, you know, on the court he was pushing them or, you know, being mean or, you know, so. <laughs> oh, come on. Your, your dad was just a big kitty cat. It, it's funny. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Did nothing but laugh. <laughs> We should probably be wrapping this up, getting you on out of here onto whatever is next for you. Dan, do you have any last questions you want to follow up with? <laughs> he's got, he's showing the game. Is that a game he, controller? He, he, oh yeah, he's got 2K fired up in the background. It is ready. That <laughs> Zoom call is going off. He is hopping on my player. I like it. Uh, all right. So you've, you've taken that, that first real step and you're getting a taste of real minutes and contribute contributions to an NBA team. If no matter what happens this season, I don't, I don't want you to speculate. I don't want to put you in that position. I'm going into next season. When you get into next season, what, uh, what is the thing that you look at and like, okay, I feel like I'm here. I want to be here. This is how I get there. What does that path look like between now and next season for you as far as developing? Work once a day, twice a day, sometimes three times. And, you know, it's not, you know, when you say three times, people think you're sprinting one at a 110 miles per hour every time you go to the gym. You know, yes, you have to do that, but that could be your first workout, your second workout. And your third could be you're literally just going to the gym and sitting there practicing your free throws. That's still considered, you know, working out and training. You know, if you go to the gym after you've had a long day, you've done lifting and conditioning, you're bored at home, you take a nap, and you go back home, you go back to the gym later, you go and just shoot 200 to 300 free throws makes, you know, that is a big difference. And you think about if you do that every day for a week straight, it adds up. So. Spend that time in the film room. Everything. Work everything. on those things. Everything. Okay. Well, you, again, you must have been so excited to see a hoop again. When you, <laughs> I don't think you understand. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. Because, like, as somebody who who played has been playing so hard for so long, and it's been so much. Like, I just I can't even imagine what this rest has I been like. Rest, you know, uh, exactly like you said. You know, I finally got to taste the a little opportunity, a little you know, being able to contribute to mm-hmm. our team win. So mm-hmm. I'm ready to get back to it as fast as I can. And I imagine, like, you know, you've been a competitor for so many years. And, like, you know, competition is probably, I would guess, at least a little bit of what motivates you as well as just, like, the love of the game. And to suddenly not be looking at that. Like you said, I play in the NBA. I watch great players day in and day out. And me as a player understand that I need to get better. You know, I want to be considered a great player for a long time and that continues a lot of work. So like you said, I'm taking everything that I learned from this season, 
and everything that I need to work on that I saw, I'm, I'm going to do. So just that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mr. Decade, Apple Valley's <laughs> finest, Fish Cannon, great. Oh, no. I don't know if any of these are hitting, hitting how they're hitting you. We're no, going to keep working is, on them. Like, this is like me at the gym right now. It's just, <laughs> just, just back rim over and over again. <laughs> back over the backboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been just an absolute pleasure talking to you um, and hearing from you and how you are doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Dan, um, you want to? Yeah, again, thank you, Gary. I appreciate you. If there's, if there's anything you want to plug, anything you got going on? <laughs> I can't wait to get back. You, you want to throw your gamer tag out there? Catch all comers yeah. like Ocho Cinco out there. If anybody you know wants to encounter an issue on PlayStation, you know, okay. a video game and a quick game match, my username is G Trent Junior. You know, my PlayStation username again is G Trent Junior. Enunciate that if you want that smoke. Not hard to find. <laughs> Thank you, man, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck. Hopefully, the season's able to resume. Best Please. wishes to you and your family, and everybody stays safe and healthy, and everything that comes along with that. Um, Twitter handle is at G Trent Junior. Yes, sir. Tara, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. And you can find me on social media at Danny Marang, at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G. And when Gary's back playing basketball, following every game on NBC Sports Northwest with my co-host Joe Simons. Gary, thank you again for joining us. I'm going to boot up 2K in the back, and uh, we'll, we'll find a way to uh, – we'll, we'll get a neutral site location going here. See, oh, there it is. Just, 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 just. <laughs> this chill, is the just problem with society: there. is our platforms don't automatically they, work. They together. don't. I mean, give it time. Give it time. We're, we're probably like a year away from it just being being a normal thing. So that way, old people like me can still just use that veteran savvy. <laughs> get out there and, and put yeah, in a little see. bit of work. <laughs> Thanks again, Gary. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Thank you. Y'all be safe. Enjoy the rest of y'all day. Thank you. <laughs>